Hello, um, I'm Kevin Scott, one of the story architects of Star Wars The High Republic, and you're listening to Genuine Chit Chat. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week is part two of my conversation with Dave and Megan all about dogs. So if you missed last week, make sure you go back and check it out because it is somewhat essential to understanding part two of this conversation. Because in part one, we first speak about like our early introductions to dogs, why we got dogs, those sorts of introductory dog related questions. And then in this part, it's a bit more expanded. We talk about dogs, habits and quirks. We also talk about fireworks, negative experiences, dog related media, just a lot of dog related things. So if you liked part one, you're certain to like part two. And if you haven't checked out part one, I would very much recommend it. Links, as always, are in the description to all of Dave's stuff, to some of my stuff, and Megan as well. And, you know, I always recommend any listeners to check out the show notes because loads of stuff in there, other guest spots myself and Megan have done, those sorts of things. But I'll go into more detail of that at the end. I will also be uploading a video version of this conversation, the full unsplit conversation with videos so you can see myself, Megan, and also Dave. That will be on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash genuinechitchat, and that should be uploaded within a day or so of this being released. So if you want to check that out instead, just go over to YouTube, subscribe, and then you'll be able to see it as soon as it pops up. But that's going to be enough from me, my friends. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'll be back at the end of the conversation to give yourself some more information on what's coming up, guest spots I've been involved with, and just other admin-esque things. So appreciate you all listening please make sure you give dave and megan plenty of love on social media and i'll talk to you at the end welcome to genuine chit chat where we have honest conversations with interesting people and i'm your host mike burton that's the problem is that (laughs) loads of names are banned for me because they're they're naughty student names yeah and you obviously chose Tasha because of or Black Widow. And was that because of the comics or was that? Like well, so what's... she was actually, when I got her, she was jet black. And oh. so, you know, the whole Black Widow thing, I thought, right, well, I'll call her, you know, I can't call her Black Widow. And then I thought, well, her name's Natasha Romanoff, Tasha. Okay, I like that. So I kind of derived, I, I kind of walked that way myself. Mm. And then, uh, like, there's a woman who's just been on Love Island who's called Tasha as well. I don't know if that's short for Natasha. But yeah, I thought it was being really original. But I, over that first year, she actually really changed. So she lost all of the black and kind of this white sprouted from her head and, and just got bigger and bigger. So I feel a little bit like a fraud, but yeah, that's that's kind of where it came from originally. That's quite entertaining because in the MCU at the moment, the Black Widow has basically become the White Widow. So could almost... Yeah, not not yeah. the same name, obviously. You're like the Simpsons predicting the future. <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> don't name any, any pets after characters I like, thank you. I don't need yeah. any of that. Make me very sad. Here's a, there's a hamster called Thor. Oh, no, a few years' time. See ya. Yeah, well. Well, or a mouse. I do love a mouse. A frog. Thor. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> Alligator for Loki. Um, yeah, but... With um, I want to ask as well with uh, dogs and things. Obviously, you've spoken about you know certain. Uh, one of the reasons we like dogs and it is that uh, companionship. Is that probably what your favorite thing is as well, Megan? Yeah, like as shit as it is, getting up at half three in the morning to let her out for the toilet, the pure excitement that she has to see me 
makes it a bit better. Like I'll get her out of her crate and then the first thing that she's doing is wagging her tail, licking my legs. Like she's going absolutely nuts. And I'm like, okay, but we need to go outside because otherwise you're going to pee on the floor. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> let's get outside and then we can have a cuddle. <laughs> like, But she's just so excited. It's like when I used to dog sit for Dougie, which is my cousin's dog, they went on holiday for like 10 days or two weeks or something. And I just stayed at the house and looked after Dougie. And when I'd come home from work, he'd be so goddamn excited to see me. It was just so nice. Like, after a rubbish day at work, coming home to, like, the most excited dog. Well, he still loves you now. Like, think about when we saw them when they had COVID. Oh, my God. That was that was sad. <laughs> so, at Christmas, we were meant to go to my aunt's house for Christmas Day. But um, my uncle had COVID. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, my uncle had COVID, so obviously we couldn't go. Um, so we did a doorstop visit and like dropped off some presents and Dougie wanted to come out and say hi, but they didn't let him because of germs. So Dougie was there at the door and he was just like sat there crying, like so excited to see me and he was falling. He was was, like rocking forwards and backwards to come out and say hi, but they were like, no, you can't go out. And then he was like crying. So he just wanted to go. I was like, Dougie, I want to touch you too. Come here. (laughs) But no. Alas. Alas, I couldn't. It was sad. But we will, once uh, Willow's had a vaccine, we are going to get Dougie and Willow to meet. Yeah, but apparently Dougie is pretty, like, old and grumpy now, so he's not going to be <laughs> overly excited to meet a puppy, I don't think. That's fine. I still want to do it. Also, on that same time <laughs> that I dog sat, I took Dougie to the park, and so he's a beige cockapoo. And we went there and we met like three or four other beige cockapoos. So all of these cockapoos are running around together. I was like, oh my God, look at them all. They're all the same. Because <laughs> I don't think we said in this podcast, but ours, um, Willow is meant to be a cockapoo, but she's much more of a cocker spaniel. She's like three quarters cocker spaniel, one quarter poodle. Yeah. Her right. Mom, her mum was a cockapoo, but her dad was a cocker spaniel. Yeah. So um, her, she look, she's much more spaniel. Her nan is a poodle yeah 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 but she's got the the lovely um the ears that are just i, I love spaniel ears i mean i like pretty mm. much all dogs um i prefer i have always said i generally prefer the ones on the smaller side just because mm. they're easier to manage and also if they do get a bit excitable no one ever gets scared i couldn't deal with yeah. the cruel like if you think of turner and hooch oh yeah, yeah. kind of dog it's just it's too Tennis much shoes yeah, yeah. <laughs> too much dribble. The, the slobbery dogs. And when you get the big dogs, the, like I love huskies. My friend uh, Bradley has been on the podcast. He um he had a couple of huskies that have both sadly passed away since. But they they were such lovely dogs, but they were massive. And their poops were bigger than human poops. And it's like <laughs> yeah. when you're trying to put a dog poop that's in a bag. A big, and it's <laughs> big rubber glove on. Yeah. And that's not just the only reason. But it's also like if they if the door went and they both started barking, if you weren't comfortable with dogs, yeah, you know, dog yeah. that if it stands up on its hind legs, it's as tall as you are and chunky. To be fair, it's not just big dogs that are terrifying though. Like my friend, her and her wife used to have a dog together but they've they've since broken up so the megan's partner Mm -hmm. ex-partner has the has spencer spencer is or was because i haven't seen him in a while now is aggressive (laughs) like he wouldn't do anything so it's a little chihuahua and he just barks like you'll go in and he's like aggressively barking for like a solid like two or three minutes and then you sit down he finally calms down and then you move to get your drink (laughs) and then he goes off again and you're just like Oh my god! It like Spence used to scare Kate. Mm. Kate didn't like being in the same room as Spencer because he was very 
<laughs> aggressive. Chihuahuas can be a bit like that. I think they? Chihuahuas are little arseholes, to be yeah. honest. I mean, mine's half Chihuahua, but she's she's definitely more terrier. Mm. Um, but I think that is a bit of a trait of theirs, aren't they? They they're mm. just very very yappy. And, yeah, uh, it's the same yeah. as Jack Russells. Yeah, like next door, I have a Jack Russell that's old, sixteen. I think he's like sixteen, so he's like getting on. Um, but the he. Like, <laughs> is that the best before date now? And now we're just getting to the expiry. But he barks and cries quite a lot. But that's he's because like going he's, blind he's really and deaf old and, and arthritis. Yeah. Like he's just a super old dog. <laughs> um, but I want to ask uh, to make this slightly balanced. Do yourselves have any uh, negative memories about dogs, uh, if any? Um, I don't know if do you have any you can think of apart I from think... that terrifying Chihuahua story. <laughs> I mean, Spence wasn't that bad. Um, I think one thing that I don't like with dogs is the association with certain types of dogs Mm. so like when i used to walk roxy who was a rottweiler people used to actively walk on the other side of the road from me because i was walking a rottweiler Mm. so i think stuff like that and like staffies get like a bad rep as well but my two of my closest friends that i was friends with at school they had two staffies and they were the kindest dogs ever Mm. but like actual negative experiences from a dog personally no, but my brother was chased by a dog and bitten by mm. one on the green once, and we had to get the police involved on like the leg. Mm. Was he like bleeding and stuff? Yeah, like it was a proper bite. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, but otherwise, me no. It's funny because Rob had the same thing. I yeah. think that's one of the reasons my dad didn't like dogs was because uh, my brother Rob, he um, who has had dogs and things, he when he was I think about ten, they went to a a pub this was before i was born i went to a pub and things and there was like a jack russell there that was like the, you know one of those local dogs that it's, it's the owner of the pubs but everyone just kind of knows it mm. and rob was just reaching for something and then the dog bit him i think on the hand and made him bleed i think he had to get like stitches or something because it was like a, mm. it was a proper sink teeth into sort of thing um i i haven't i remember one of my early memories of a dog was i I don't know in America if they have them. Child minders is what they're called here. But it's basically it's just, like a nanny, isn't it? Yeah, kind of like a nanny. It was like a babysitter, but not a nanny's like one on one. It was like well, I went to a childminder when I was in school um, for the first few years, basically because my parents both worked, so I'd go to this person's house, and they it was um, normally a woman who had several other school kids there, and you just chill there and watch TV or whatever, maybe have dinner, but normally just chill there for a couple of hours between school and the end of a workday, and the first one was a woman who had this is it Burmese mountain dog oh a proper big boy. they're the ones that are like ridiculously tall really long white furry and I don't remember anything apart from looking through screen doors to the conservatory area and it just climbing up on there and barking really loudly uh, it's that was a when big I was dog about, as well I think it was about seven six or seven at that point so I was freaked out then uh, and then my subsequent job on didn't have any animals really apart from rats one of them which is quite nice mm. Uh, but what about you, Dave? Have you ever had any negative experiences with dogs at all? Yeah, it was Jack Russell as well. I think, so I, think I was three. about yeah. I think it was about six or seven or something. But then I don't really blame the dog. I I just remember in the street it it was summer, and I remember there were quite a few kids like around the dog, mm-hmm. and everyone was sort of scared of it. And I was just you know six just stupid i was like it's fine come on i'll just stroke it went to stroke it and then it just bit me and then i remember like that uh reaction you know where you're just scared 
And it's like, oh, crap, what was that? But I couldn't see anything. And I remember looking down at my hand, and it was like, huh, that's fine. And then I turned it over, and there was a big pool of blood in my palm. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Um, so I ended up going back and, and had to get taken to hospital and stuff. Uh, I don't I don't think that any – this was a long time ago now, so let me think I'd have been – I was probably about 82 or something. So had that happened years later, um, unfortunately, the dog probably would have been put down or something. But it was the early 80s. No one cared. It was just like, ah, oh, <laughs> stop being – silly you know don't go near the <laughs> walk <dog>. it off <laughs> yeah you you and and it would have been me you know i was being a dick just leave the dog alone it doesn't want to be sociable you know yeah. so it was my own fault kind of thing whereas now i i think no one would care about that mm. yeah it's something that's here's one of those things that's quite sad when it comes to dogs I and mean, it's not dissimilar when you have kids which is like if you raise a dog or a child badly and they do bad things because of that then they are responsible for that, even though it's yeah. kind of your fault. Like, I'm not saying, you know, if you raise a kid and they turn out to be a serial killer, the parents shouldn't go to jail. You know, that's <laughs> not quite what I'm saying. It's not that simple. But it is that thing with dogs, which is, as you say, like, it's, I think that is probably a very slim percentage of dogs who maybe, due to one issue or another, there's something wrong in their brain that maybe they're just hyper aggressive and really hard to potentially get out of that. I think but it also does I think depend that's on. That's an incredible minority. I think the vast majority of it is probably just yeah. not training it properly. Well, like, it confused. is predominantly that, but I also do think it is breeding as well because mm. sometimes they breed deliberately two aggressive dogs together. Yeah, I suppose. To create a more aggressive dog. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but obviously, that's normally for like hunting and. And like, I mean, dog fighting does still exist. Mm-hmm. So, also drug dealers. You know, what's the best way to stop someone breaking in your house is to have a big scary dog. And if you, mm. if you are a drug dealer and you don't eat, especially in England where most people don't have guns and stuff, if you have a big scary, two big scary Dobermans in the corner growling. Yeah, like I mean, if anyone came into this house, she would start licking them. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, they could literally just steal all of our stuff. She wouldn't even care. We go with them. So does she not? Does she not bark at like the postman or? No. anything when the door goes she just looks at the door right she doesn't see, see yeah. mine is is you know as timid as anything except if someone is walking past or something or the postman comes then she's cock of the block she is <laughs> this is my house you know <laughs> but you know if they actually came in she'd just run off no she yeah the fine. only time that she really barks is if she's like nipped us so to try and like even if she's put her teeth on the skin and she hasn't bitten down we're getting into the mm. habit of leaving the room so that she learns that that's not a good thing to do normally a little yeah. thing is that but when it's the yeah thing. so we have to leave the room the only time that she really barks is either when she's put in her crate at like normally around 6 a.m because <laughs> at 6 a.m she's gone to the toilet but it's like light outside so she knows it's not nighttime anymore but i still want to sleep for a little bit and that's when she'll start barking or if we've left the room and we're not in the same room as her, she'll start barking at the stair gate because she wants <laughs> the attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. She normally does pipe down after but, that. Yeah, though. when the door goes, nah, no no, no, no barks. It's, so. I think because from her crate, because we're crate terraining, from there to the door, she can basically see it. Yeah. So I think there's the no, door. and there's not really, and also I think because we're in and out a fair amount and there's quite a few other people, I think she's just... We might have just lucked out and got a dog, but it was one of those things where it's like, I didn't, I don't really want a guard dog. No. Really, I'd, I'd rather... be intrigued to see what she's like with fireworks. Mm. We were watching something mm. the other day where there were fireworks on TV and she wasn't phased by it. 
So whatever the fireworks were and whatever movie we were watching. Yeah. She was she was fine, but it's not quite the same as real life fireworks, is it? Yeah, I, mine is not bothered by fireworks at all. Um, they go off outside, whereas if someone walks past the house, then, you know, she's she's annoyed at them. Uh, <laughs> a bit of a Karen up at the window. But, um, but yeah, I, I, and you do see on, like, I'll see, like, some of the local groups on Facebook or something. It's like, oh, you know, it's fireworks night. And people are so inconsiderate with fireworks. My dog is terrified, and I, I, I don't know how I feel about that. It's like, well... You know, fireworks night is coming every year, you know, and you know, when it's Chinese New Year as well, you know, people are going to be setting off fireworks. So, and Diwali, and Diwali, yeah. So, it's kind of, I don't know what the right answer is there, but yeah. I've thought about this a lot because we talk about it because Megan absolutely loves fireworks. Fireworks are mm. one of my favorite things, and I know they're so bad for the planet, and like, I know they're starting to do the like fireworks displays out of drones and stuff, so that it's just lights. But like, I oh. love fireworks, but I'd be gutted if Willow was really affected by them because of the fact that I love them so much. So I'm like, yeah, in this weird grey area because obviously, if she's then cowering in fear, then that's mm. not going to be very pleasant to to watch. Yeah, and it's kind of hard to know because if your dog suddenly doesn't like fireworks it's hard to train it out of them because they're so infrequent. Yeah. And also because of mo- most ways you get dogs or animals to be okay with stuff is that you uh, expose them to the thing, give them some degree of positivity by a tree or pets or whatever. And slowly over time, they forget the negative association and they just remember the positive. But there is a argument to be had, which is if fireworks are going off and the dog is freaking out and is like terrified, and then you give them treats while they're in that state, they will then think that that's the state, which is, Gonna Correct. give them the treats. So it makes it worse. And it's just like, mm. I, I don't know enough about dog behavior. I will say, though, around how, like bonfire nighttime, people do go overboard sometimes. Like sometimes bonfire fireworks, like stuff goes on for like two weeks and it's like. That's mm-hmm. a different annoyance, though, isn't yeah. it? That's like, for fuck's sake, just <laughs> give Keep it a rest. One night, yeah. And then you have times. people doing it in the day and I'm like, that's completely redundant. Like it's a waste of money doing yeah. it in the day. <laughs> yeah, completely. It is a weird thing as well, because I think with fireworks, obviously, as Megan already said about its impact on the environment, but also like wildlife, like birds and stuff, probably freaks mm. them right out and like, other animals in the area. And I'm like, but, you know, people make, this is, I'm going to sound like a right dick now, being like devil's <laughs> advocate, but people whinge about that sort of stuff, but the amount of damage is being caused to wildlife in other areas yeah, isn't yeah. getting shouted about in the same way. Like, I know deforestation is a thing that people generally commonly know and other uh, things affecting sustainability, including climate change and those sort of things. I know there are that's a big bigger issue and it's a harder thing to talk about, but it's just quite interesting. It's like, fireworks are empirically bad, and that's that, and there's no movement there. But these other things we don't... But also, the other thing is, like, there are some dogs that go absolutely nuts for, like, thunder and lightning, which is essentially the Mm. same thing as fireworks. But what do you do in that scenario? You can't just stop the thunder and the lightning, Build a dome, like in the Simpson movie. (laughs) I don't really really remember that film. They build it. They have a giant glass dome. They plop it over Springfield. And that's the main plot of the movie, is everyone's just stuck in this dome thing. And then Maggie's uh, sandbox, she sinks in it and pops out the other side. So Homer goes off to try and save them. Fair. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, okay, it's the first like, 20 minutes of the film, I think. Um, 
yeah, that was a joke about oh, thunder and lightning was what we're talking about, and fireworks, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah, it's but certain dogs go off at random things though as well. It's like vacuum cleaners. Dogs go mental vacuum cleaners. Should we ban mm. vacuum cleaners to stop them scaring dogs? No. Oh, yeah, we haven't we haven't introduced Willow to a, a Hoover yet. I think she's going to try and attack it. Oh, See, yeah. I I kind of feel like you need to introduce them to these things. So if if they are just if especially if you're in a rural area and there are no loud loud noises at all. Well, of course, when they hear fireworks or something, they're going to shit themselves. Whereas, you know, if you if you go out, you know, and you're intru- you're socializing with other people or the dogs and things, and and you know, you have the the Hoover on, you're not necessarily chasing after them, but <laughs> maybe uh, I do do that occasionally. But you know, <laughs> but you know, you you start off and you're in the other room or something. So, you know, it's not an immediate threat to them, but they can just hear. It's like, oh, what's that? And, you know, they they might be inquisitive. You, you just have to sort of see what the dog's like and, you know, is is it really scared of it? Or I maybe put the, put the vacuum cleaner on for uh, 30 seconds or something like that. And then, you know, after that, about a minute. None of this is like... Uh, 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 <laughs> Some some actual dog trainer is probably going. That's the worst thing you can do. But it's just a, it's what I've found sort of works with stuff like that. Yeah, like, so- mine's not bothered at all by the vacuum cleaner now. Again, if I was sort of playing around and chasing her with it, then <laughs> then she is. But you know, but then uh, if I'm just hoovering up, she's just like sort of having a bit of a look. Oh, what are you doing? So, you know, that thing's that's out it. again. Yeah. Yeah, it is fun with dogs. I think that playing with them is one of those things that is really, really fun. Obviously, when they're a puppy, you, you basically have to. But it's one of those things that when, especially when Willow gets to that point of where she's basically too overexcited, that's smart. I like that because it's like she's just so mental and you can't help but just laugh. And just while they're climbing over you and trying to just lick your face and like get so excited about everything, it's just like. There's like a fine line. Yeah, it's There's very, a very, very fine line between, oh, this is cute, this is fun, to, ah. Uh, now she's demonic. And mine's my line is slightly above Megan's. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't. There's just like little things that she started doing to try and get our attention that just fuels me with anger. I think I said it before we started recording is that she'll have her water in her crate. And then to get our attention, she starts splashing at the water and digging at the water. And then water is literally filling her crate. It's spilling all over the floor in the, in the house. All of her bedding is absolutely soaked. And all her toys she's got in there. And then we have to just ignore it because then otherwise she'll learn, ah, oh, if I do this, they'll come and give me attention. It's like I every time I see her doing it in the corner of my eye, I'm like, oh, you're such a dick. She does it slightly less this? each time than the <laughs> she, last. She is doing it less and less now. And the I other think day she almost did it. it. She almost looked like she was going to do it. And we glanced and then glanced away. And we were like, we're thinking, please don't do it. Please don't do it. And then she did <laughs> so it. Irritating. it was like, good. We can't make a big fuss about it, but good. Or like we'll nip to the shop and come back so she gets used to us not being here. Yeah. And then we'll come back and there's water everywhere. And I'm like, why? Why do you have to do this? You literally saw us leave the room and the house. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's one of those things because we've got um, over there, I don't know why I'm pointing, it means no difference, but we've got a little, uh, one of those ring cameras, um, which is... Oh, yeah, yeah. So it, it's just point. It's in our lounge. It's just pointing down basically onto her crate. Um, just so when we do go out, we can kind of keep an eye on... Like when Megan's mum was here and we did the, um, we went to the Bake Off musical. Obviously, it was only a week after we got her and things, and we just 
wanted to keep an eye on mainly the dog just to make sure she was mm. okay. Um, nothing against Megan's mum. We completely trust there her. Was, there was just one bit where I turned it on and um, my mum couldn't... She hadn't locked the she, she hadn't locked the crate. And I could see her struggling right, right. with how to lock the crate. So I didn't I didn't want my mum to feel like I'd been spying on her because I was just having a look. So then I sent her a message and I was like, oh, I forgot to say, when you put her in the crate, can you make sure that you lock it? This is how you lock you it. To, if you, you can't figure it out, you have to like lift it up and twist it. Yeah. Um, yeah and, she, and, then, and then we watched her successfully do it. And I was like, okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Never get it that one. Again. Yeah. It, it was, but like, aside from that, like we had our niece around and we didn't use it or anything like that. No, we unplugged off. it. Didn't we? So it, it's one of those things where it was just when we go out, it's nice to be able to kind of see how she is. And even when I'm at work and stuff, I'll occasionally just plonk it on just to see what you're doing, seeing if you're doing anything silly. Because occasionally, if <laughs> Megan and um, Willow are awake, I'll then say something random through that. So Megan will be sat on the sofa and I'll be like, it's, Hi, Megan. It does scare the shit out of me. <laughs> I won't do it when Willow's asleep because that's just mean and that'll just wake her up and get you in a. Like having to deal with a grumpy pup, but yeah, it is quite entertaining when you're just here and I'm just waiting, waiting for the opportune moment. <laughs> like an absolute creep. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound a bit creepy. Um, so, and do you use like the authoritative voice? So, if she's doing that thing with the water, do you, do you deepen your voice? And at the moment, when she does the thing with the water, we have to just point blank ignore it. So it sounds like she does it all the time. She's only actually done it badly about what. There's a handful of times where she's done it badly, but like, yeah, if she's she's got into the habit now of starting to chew the like nest of tables, mm. so then we'll start using a more authoritative willow. Yeah. So it's normally we we read a few things that said never use their name to tell them off, but half the time it's the only way to get her attention without just clapping. But she yeah, knows so I don't want just like you make loud noise when she's doing something we don't want her to. It's more so. Mm. we try and distract her as if she's doing something we'll try and you know make another toy sound or something like that or call her and most of the time she will stop doing it but it's normally eating the rug or also unfortunately if she does just nip you your your automatic reaction is to say the name in a more negative tone yeah it's just like the natural response, I think. Yeah, we try not to, but we do. We do. It's do really, it. it's tough, isn't it? You try not to. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes, like there was, it was either today or yesterday, and she was nipping at me, and I was trying to just leave the room, and she kept nipping at my ankle, my uh, foot, just in one of those moves, and it, she caught me at one point, and I was like, oh, it's taking all my energy just not to, you know, basically because she's so small, you just almost pin her down and yell that's what you'd want to do but I'm like I don't want she's a puppy she's it's not fair to her I don't want to just hold her and yell at her because that's mean so I was just like trying to leave the room without trying to show I'm playing while being like nope too bad and trying to do that but it was hurting at points and she nipped the the Achilles tendon and I was like oh. <laughs> and I was like this is like having a kid who's just like you know having like a baby who's just kind of slapping and then grabs your hand pulls it really hard and it's like Oh, you mother! But you're or just whack you in the face with a plastic toy. Yeah, oh, oh, like <laughs> the beard. I've trimmed my beard down uh, for the time being, but it's like when I've got a longer beard. You know, when my nieces used to just grab it and pull. It's like oh. so it's the same with like kids and babies and hair. Oh, a lot of our friends have got. Uh, we got curly. Well, she hair basically as well. is just like a baby. Like yeah, yeah. I, I don't have my watch on at the moment, but when I do have my watch on. Babies automatically go for it. They all, yeah. all of the babies go for the watch, and Willow also just goes for the watch. Like, like I think of parallels. Like when she like does make a more growly noise, it's the same as a toddler when you're trying to put it to bed, and it's like yeah. thrashing around and it doesn't want to do it. So hmm. it's uh, it 
It's, it's intense. We try not. We try to use more positive reinforcement than negative. But it, it, it is positive reinforcement. Yeah, it is. <coughs> and I start coughing. When but. she like starts biting at my ankle, it's very difficult not to just yell at her. <laughs> yeah. What about yourself? Did you find that you had to say no a lot when she was younger, or even now? Uh, just, just to if she's doing something like, like if she'll not use the toilet outside, you know, I, I do naturally just have a more authoritative voice you know i'll say tasha you know so probably doing everything wrong by the book <laughs> you know because i do use a name and stuff but um yeah she uh, i mean she's at the point now uh, dogs have really expressive eyes so if she's fucked up she knows it <laughs> i'll be like tasha and she'll be like <laughs> then she won't make eye contact and she, <laughs> what's the um so, like what's the like naughtiest thing that she done has she like come if you come downstairs and she's like destroyed like a pillow <laughs> um you know in the first week actually i think i didn't have a crate mm-hmm. and so i just got her back and i was like i'm not gonna put her in a crate so i just set her up with a little bed yeah i came down she pissed and shit all over the place so i was like right i'm getting a crate <laughs> <laughs> and actually she she really likes it so I don't, I, she's three years old now, but I've still got the crate because she just, you know, even if she's tired, she'll take herself off there. Do you, um, but, so I'm assuming you don't have to lock it anymore. She just goes in. No, I do because, um, every time I, I kind of leave her out to go out, then she might do a little mess somewhere mm-hmm. else. And I'm like, right, okay, I'm done now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, she, so she does tend to go back in, but the naughtiness she she's not a naughty dog by any stretch but cuz she is a, a terrier she does like to nibble stuff she really loves to dig and so like in the garden if it, you know let her run out in the garden or stuff she just loves to have a have a dig dig a big old hole but this is probably about her sixth bed that she's got now because she used to just destroy them and especially the early ones, like the first three went within days of getting them. Wow. And then uh, eventually I'm like, right, you're going to lie just on the crate floor then. And then, uh, you know, it'd go a little bit of time. And then I think I feel bad about it. And I'm like, right, I'll get you another bed then. There you go. And I'm I'm keeping an eye on her, just checking. Yeah, she's she's not done it. And then I'll come down and she's, she's only got like small little teeth but she's persistent and she'll work away at it and then she'll eventually get that thread and that's it. Oh, look at that. That is great. And you get all the fluff out and everything. I'll come down like, oh, you little bastard. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that is probably the one cheeky, mischievous little thing that she does. But she's had this bed now for probably three or four months. So I, I, she might have grown out of that, but it wasn't through... I, I didn't teach her not to do it. I just didn't replace the bed very quickly. Hmm. Yeah, because we, Willow doesn't really... She doesn't really like her bed. She prefers sleeping on the crate floor. Yeah. We've right. got, like, blankets and stuff set up for her, so she's got a bit of padding. Yeah. So at the moment, yeah. she's sleeping, like, on top of three thin blankets. And also, she has an elephant. So she's two she's, She has two elephants. So she's, no, one as, she's one as a pillow. She, yeah, well, sometimes she uses both as a pillow, and then sometimes I have seen her playing with the other one when she's bored in there. Um, but yeah, she doesn't. She's not really phased by her bed. I think it might be like slightly too big and spongy 
for her. Mm, so she finds yeah, it like yeah. difficult to she walk. She rolls on. off the middle into the corner. Yeah. And also at the moment where it's in summer and when we got her is the heat wave. So being yeah. in this fluffy bed is she I think we, she overheats because occasionally in the night mm. you'll see her slowly roll off the she'll um, just be on the, the thing floor. and she's just on the <laughs> the crate floor. Yeah. Um but it, it's weird because she does like her crate. Like she does go in there when she's if she's scared, like when we had the door replaced, there's a lot of you know very loud noises. And when a baby mm. cried, she ran straight into the crate. You know, she does right. like it in there. It's just that she also knows. And she that sleeps is, on her back in the crate. Yeah, she whenever she goes in there, she'll whine. Maybe not even every time, but occasionally she'd whine when you put her in there, and then she'd just settle within five minutes. And she yeah, sleeping on her back with her like stomach showing or on her side, all the kind of positions that show that she feels safe and happy to be vulnerable. But the problem is she she knows that that's the only place in the house we can lock her in. So at the moment, mm. she isn't at that chill stage where she's like, this is my little home. She's like, this is a place where it's safe, but I know if I go in there and I sleep, mm. humans will close me in and I can't get out again. So she's at that. Like, ideally, what we want to do is when she becomes older, have it so she like the stair gate will be either gone or open permanently because it's helpful with kids as well. And then just kind of hopefully she'll just get up and go out herself when it's nice weather and things she can kind of wander because some of our family dogs have done that you just open things up have people around and the dog just kind of does what it wants but you know we've discussed because with crate training you were a bit unsure of initially but i i just felt like it seemed like it was mean but now that i've done more research into it and i've seen what she's like in it it's not it's not mean at all it's a way to make sure that she's protected and that we're also our stuff is protected and she has her own area of the house yeah yeah, so actually, the crate thing, I had a cat called Kylie uh, a few good few years ago now. It was before the kids came along, actually. And, and she was a rescue cat, and she just shit everywhere. <laughs> she was, um, And it was at the point, it was a real problem, because we already had two cats. And then she'd lay a big fresh one just in the cat bed, you know, so really pissed off the other two cats. It's horrible. So um, we were at the point where I was like, you know what, I don't think we're equipped to deal with this. Um, but then they, they came in, they, the guys at the rescue place, and suggested, oh, we put her in the crate. And then, you know, eventually we got rid of the crate. But the crate really, really helped to just settle her down, you know, get used to the home, get used to where she should, you know, using the cat litter and stuff. So to go to the crate for the dog I, I didn't kind of have to be sold on that it was like i'd, I'd already seen the benefits before yeah mm. yeah because my, my family uh they had dogs and things and when you first see it you think you know, your instant reaction is prison because you think oh they're locked in yeah. there it's not very blah, blah. but the way one has to try and look at it is more so look at the dog like they're a baby you put a baby in a cot you do not put a baby on a pillow on the floor just by itself in its own mm. room. You don't just, you put it in a cot or, you know, a bed that has high sides to it because then the baby can't get out and basically hurt itself. Like the dog pissing and shitting everywhere, that would be a real annoyance. But the real problem we think would be her managing to edge her way. Cause if you leave her for eight hours to sleep and whatever, obviously we have to go in the middle of the night to take her to the toilet and stuff. But as an example, if she did want to get to like a cable or something, she could eventually make her way mm. with enough time. And if she bit through the wrong cable, that could kill her. So it's things like, especially when she's a puppy, she's just by everything inside, she'll just go to the toilet and everywhere and she won't be able to settle herself well, down. my brother, he lived in Scotland for a while with his then girlfriend, now wife. 
Um, and they got a cocker spaniel hmm. puppy, and Rosie bit through my brother's PlayStation controller. Hmm. He had to get like a whole new PlayStation controller because Rosie absolutely destroyed it. <laughs> yeah, they do do that. They'll bite through everything if you just give them free roam. It's like you wouldn't, you don't let a five-year-old choose its own bedtime and just roam around downstairs by itself when you go to bed. And it's the same with a, a dog. It's just where a dog's smaller and doesn't need as much stuff. They can be fine in the crate. It's funny because I I go overboard with everything. So even with Willow, I've gone overboard like with research and for asking questions and. And, like, we've even got, like, an app where we track when she goes to the toilet so that we can just keep a tab on it. And, like, I've said it to a couple of people and they're like, wow, that's really excessive. And I'm like, yeah, but she also hasn't had an accident in the house in about a week and a half. Mm. So. And we know the times she generally needs to go. And it also gives us an indication as to when she's going to go. Like, yeah. I've, I've, as, like... Obviously, Mike goes to work and he spends a lot of time with Willow, but I'm here all the time. At the moment, I know it's I start to notice things now and I'm like, okay, in about five minutes time, you're going to need to go for a poo. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) and then I look at the app and I'm like, okay, that tracks actually. So I know that in the next like half an hour leeway. Well, it's also with both of us doing it. When it's one of you, you keep, you can keep a vague mental note of it's been about an hour since she went. But when you and I swap duties where I... You know, when it gets to about 10-ish, when Megan gets tired and wants to go to sleep, Megan will often go to bed. I'll, you know, do chores and things around the kitchen, clean up stuff, or I'll read in bed or do podcasting until mm. around midnight, one-ish, and then I'll take out Willow. And, and then, then Mike will send me a debrief via Facebook Messenger. Normally, yeah. <laughs> and then I'll wake up at like half three to do that slot, and I'm like, okay, right, so she did a wee and a poo. She shouldn't need another poo. <laughs> well, it's, not, it's normally, yeah, because if she hasn't been to the toilet and then you take her out for the 5 a.m. slot, she may not yeah. look like she wants to, but you just have to, otherwise she'll have an accident. Yeah, sometimes. yeah. And with the two of us, it's definitely more like that. They've only got small stomachs and, and bladders, haven't they? So, mm. you know, it is more frequent when they're, when they're young, but they do get... As they get bigger, they'll, the toilet breaks will become less and less. What's uh, Tasha's sort of schedule, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, so let her out in the morning, you know, and she'll uh, generally go and do a business outside. And then seven-ish? Just, yeah, about that, um, depending on if I'm podcasting early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> if Love Island's on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um yeah, around about that time and then just periodically through the day. But, I mean, sometimes uh, if I've had to go out shopping or something and I've just left, so I don't put her in a crate when I'm just out in the day. It's just in the night. But, yeah, I can be out. If I'm out in town for like three, four hours or something, she's absolutely fine. I've got no qualms about that at all. But, uh, yeah, try try and make sure she's let out at least sort of three, three or four times a day. Hmm. Yeah, with Will at the moment, it's basically while well, she's awake. It's averaging every, every 45, 45 minutes. Uh, yeah, every mm. five minutes to an hour, um, usually. It can be sooner than that if she has a massive play or something. Yeah, or if she has a yeah. nap, then we can go like a good hour and a half, two hours. Mm. Yeah, normally she, she normally naps for two-ish, maybe three hours at a time. But. Sometimes Mike will be like, is the beast awake? And I'm like, yeah, no, she's asleep. And he's like, okay, well, can you get me something? Because I don't want to wake her up. Yeah, I have to get Megan to like, pass me stuff. Because if I go... If I go down the stairs or through the stair gate, she wakes up immediately. And annoyingly, yeah. in my loft conversion, <laughs> it has the squeakiest stairs of the whole it house. Squeaky. And yeah. the squeakiest step is the first and then the second to last steps. And with them, there's no way to avoid the squeak. And also, where they are positioned, you could hear it from everywhere in the entire as house. As soon as Mike starts yeah, going down the stairs, yeah. Willow's head will turn. And I'm like, <laughs> who's that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's... Uh, 
it, it's one of those things. But obviously, owning a dog is lovely, even with these things. It over time, we want to take her places, and want to go traveling around the UK to like the Lake District. Like you go around the Lake District, and everyone's got dogs. Every yeah. pub is dog friendly. Everything like that, and ice cream places have got you know dog friendly ice cream and all that sort of stuff. So it's it's really fun, I think, because next year is going to be more. Uh, domestic travel I think and then saving up for the year after that probably to go America I think would be the goal you mentioned about the vaccines um one of the things I was looking at was you know I was going to go away for the weekend and I was going to put her in a kennel Mm. and uh there's a thing called kennel cough so that's like another shot that they have to have but not not unless you're putting them in a kennel so I'd left it too late and I was like all right so I ended up a friend looked after her but yeah, that's another one to look out for. But that's only if you, only if you're going in a going to put them in a kennel. I mean, I probably wouldn't. We've got so many people that would be willing to look after her that I'd rather her go to someone that we. Well, no, but it's good mm. to know that, that I didn't realize that that was a thing. Yeah, that's a good good thing to know because it's like with us. Well, fortunately, we've got both my nieces and Megan's cousins around the same age, sort of uh, early mm. 20s generally. And they can, they've all had dogs or currently have dogs. And they've literally all been like, if you're away and you need someone to look after her, let me know. We I'm went to Cheltenham right. for the Bake Off musical. My niece, Leah, who's in her yeah, mid-20s, she came over and was with Willow the whole day. And then we're going to a, a stag do in Brighton in the uh, late August. The last of August. Yeah, from like the Friday to the Monday of the bank holiday. And we're going to be gone, obviously, for three nights. And yeah. We, uh, Leah's staying at ours then as well, just staying in the guest room and just having the house to basically to herself. Um, and she's looking after the dog. So with that, we've got that. And also I've got my cousin Charlotte and her wife Paige and they run a dog walking business as well. So we're going to utilize that when Megan goes back to work and things in like September, I'll be working from home for the most of the month of September mm. but on one or two days a week. We're then going to have. Charlotte and Paige can pick them up, uh, pick up Willow and go socialise with other dogs. And then mm. slowly I'll go back to working from the office more. Um, I'll still work from home a few days a week, but then it'll kind of be that breakout and she gets that bit of a, a routine and stuff. Getting sleepy. I am. I'm also getting... Oh, oh, excuse me. <laughs> Double um, yawn. I'm getting very hot on this chair. <laughs> I'm I'm sticking to it. So we'll, it we'll start is to so sick, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's that's why I like you know, a desk chair is often the, the best way to go because you don't realize how sticky you get sitting on uh, things like that. Um, so oh, I did want to ask: Do you have this is kind of the last thing? Favorite dog related media or movie? Now I've got one which is Wes Anderson's Isle of Dogs, which Megan hates. Um, which I adore. I think it's such a good movie. I, I think it's phenomenal. Um, but I've got like a few other sort of honourable mentions here. But I wondered, Dave, do you have? Do you watch many movies with dogs? I know there's lots of movies generally with them, but I quite. I mean, if I think when I was younger, probably not so much. You mentioned Turner and Hooch, and what was the other one? K Nine as well with Belushi. Um, Cats and Dogs. I think it's quite a good one. So, my, yeah, my kids uh, quite like that one. I remember seeing that at the cinema. Yeah, it's, it's good fun, that one. And then Hotel for Dogs, I think is... Oh, uh, uh, yeah, the one with Emma Roberts. Yes. Oh, yep, that's that one. the one. Yeah. That's quite good. Um, and then there was one that was horrendous because it was, it was like a kid's movie, but it was like... 
it was the same spirit, if you like, in a dog, but it was different dogs, and the dog would always like die, and like the spirit would move on. Is then that all dogs, go, different... all dogs go to heaven? I think that was it. I yeah, was yeah. fucking obsessed with that film when I was yeah. younger. <laughs> I have no recollection of anything of what that film is about, but I had it on VHS tape, and I used to watch it religiously. All dogs go to heaven. I used to watch it all the time. Yeah. Wow. Is that you very saying sad. you want to go on the VHS Strikes Back and talk about... I, I don't remember yeah. anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think um, probably not so much in a movie, but I think honourable mention to the uh, the dog in Afterlife with Ricky Gervais. We haven't seen that. that. Afterlife. Seen oh, right. Okay. No spoilers then. <laughs> but I mean, I've, dog, I've heard it's really, really good. It on, is really, really good. It's on the eternal um, list, but Megan's not the biggest Gervais fan. I'm not a massive Gervais fan. It's... It's the most, it's quite Ricky Gervais at times, but it is so emotional and heart-wrenching in others as well. And actually season two and three get go even further down that path. So even though there's a lot of comedy in it, uh, it really tugs on the heartstrings as well. And the dog plays quite a big, a big part in it. Not, mm. not a big part in the series, but a pivotal story point. Hmm, and I won't sweet. say any more than that. That's sweet. What about you, Megan? Do you think of any dog-related... I did think of All Dogs Go to Heaven, but I don't really remember it that well. But I know that that's a film that I really watched a I mean, lot. there's the, the obvious ones like Marley and Me and things like that. Marley and Me I've only seen once, and all I remember is just bawling my eyes out when I watched that film. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've got a few written down. Like, I've got... There's some uh, fun dogs that are in Up, Coco, and Mitchell's vs. the Machines. Yeah. All the dogs in all three of those movies are great in different ways. But, I mean, the Mitchells vs. the Machines dog is absolute comedy gold. It is a funny dog. That stupid pug is so good. Um, but then, obviously, you've got big ones like, you know, 101 Dalmatians, Lady and the Tramp, a lot of Pixar animated movies. I think it's probably. I do love Lady and the Tramp. I do want to watch it again. What about the live action one? No. <laughs> I want to watch the real one. It's funny because Mike's friend, well, our friends were here yesterday and um, Laura was like, have you watched Lady and the Tramp since you got your dog? And I was like, no. And why haven't I? I was like, she literally <laughs> looks like Lady. <laughs> she is Lady. She's the Lady. It's funny. I can't remember any. Th- I used to watch that film. I had it on VHS along with like Fox and Hound. But I, I oh, Fox remember. and the Hound. That's a good shout. Yeah, I remember for a dog related movie. I remember almost nothing about Fox and Hound except I think it's surprisingly depressing. And it's then sad. the only thing I remember about Lady and the Tramp is obviously the spaghetti scene. I don't. Uh, these are the kind of Disney films where you think, oh yeah, Disney film, and then you watch it, and it's only like seventy minutes or if not less. A certain film like Dumbo is like. Barely an hour, I think, when you watch that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's weird. But I've got, um, as well as you know, you've got Marley and Me, as I said, and I've mentioned Isle of Dogs. There's Bolt, which I've never seen. Mm. Uh, the Secret Life of Pets, um, which is fun, not as good as it could have been. Uh, Hatchy, A Dog's Tale, not seen that. I've heard it's quite depressing. I Am Legend. Well, I've, that's what the last one I'd written down. The I Am Legend dog. Um, I mean, <laughs> may, mild spoilers, but I Am Legend's been out for ages. And if you were going to watch that from you'd probably have seen it by now. But the scene with the dog in that is so sad yeah so so sad and it's just it's just breaks your heart yeah the crown you get to see all the corgis oh yeah (laughs) well there's an episode of futurama that megan hasn't seen um because she hasn't watched much futurama we need to get on that train um Mm. but there's a futurama episode i won't say what series it's in but it's called jurassic bark and it is one of the most emotional episodes of anything I've ever seen. Oh my word! The you know ending to about. that. That is. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. is horrendous, isn't it? That ending. <laughs> yeah. I'd forgotten about that. Cheers for that. If you, it's one of those. <laughs> it's one of those scenes that you watch the episode and it ends, and you're like, 
I feel like I've lost a part of myself. Yeah. It's in a really good way in certain ways. It's like it's a weird it's a weird feeling. It's very bittersweet. Uh, so I've got a, a left field one for you. And it was yeah. actually my daughter, my eldest daughter, who put me onto this. It's called The Plague Dogs. It's written by Richard Adams, who did Warship Down. See, mm. I've not seen Warship Down, but I've it's on I've got it on DVD, I know how depressing it is. But Warship I saw Down, yeah. Well with Plague it's weird you mentioned that because I almost wrote it down because I typed in animated dogs movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was trying to remember the name of one of the other ones I wrote down, and that kept coming up, and it was like the most heart-wrenching dog film ever or something. Yeah, yeah. So, I I, it, like I said, I hadn't heard of it, but basically a couple of dogs, and, and they, they're they in a lab uh, being experimented on horrible experiments, and they managed to escape. But it's quite a tragic tale. Um, I, I'm sure I'm sure we watched it on YouTube or something, but mm. it... it it's not nice, but it's kind of like Warship Down in that, you know, it, you have to kind of watch it, but it is a bit of a tearjerker. Yeah. Yeah, I think about actually, I think my brother's mentioned Plague of Dogs. Um, sorry, the, you just said the, it, is it? The Plague Dogs. The Plague Dogs, not the... Yeah. Um, the yeah. Plague of Dogs. Plague of Dogs. That's <laughs> a kind of, of a kind of plague I can get on board with. Yeah, yeah. Plague of Puppies. <laughs> I, I remember my brother saying there are two films, I think was one... It might have been Hatchy, actually. I think it was like Hatchy and that one. He was like, those are the two most depressing. They're like, Marley and me are sad, but not like these ones. Mm. There's also Homeward Bound. That's not sad, but that's got dogs in it. We've got other ones like Air Pups. You've got those Buds movies, which is like those golden retrievers, and there's just loads of them doing all the sports Oh, my God. Yeah, there's also like a a film all about chihuahuas. Beverly. Beverly Hills chihuahuas. And the the dog one with (laughs) Tim Curry. It's not Tim Curry, is it? What's the guy's name? I don't know. Um, It's called Shaggy Dog, and it's he... The one who the one who oh, plays Scooby Doo, yeah. Well, I can't uh-huh, miss yeah. those. Uh, Scrappy Doo. <laughs> it was um, the, Tim Allen, not Tim Curry. Uh, Tim Allen, who um, he plays the Santa Claus in the Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. He did the film The Shaggy Dog, and I think it's apparently awful from what I've heard. But there's <laughs> lots. It's funny that dogs films are often relate like kids related, aren't they? Mm. So such a family friendly pet. Yeah, I don't think Marley and Me is kids related. No, it's a twelve, so it's kind of that warning of being like. Don't take your little kid there or destroy their heart. Buy him a gerbil first or a hamster. <laughs> Let them experience death in that way before Marley and me. Um, wonderful. Well, that's a lot of things. Is there anything else, uh, Dave, that you want to mention about dog-related media, dogs in general, or anything like that before we wrap up? No, I was just thinking the littlest hobo. Uh, I used to watch <laughs> re- reruns of that. So uh, that was another dog-themed thing. Oh, but no. Oh, Spot the Dog. Beethoven. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Spot the Dog. Yeah, I used to remember that. That's a British thing. I don't think they have that in America, do they? Little kids' books and animation. Sooty. Is he a dog? No, I don't think um, I don't think so. I He's think he is, isn't he? So I thought bear. he was a dog. I thought he was a bear, but his friend, the... the sweet... uh, sorry. Um, no, it's Sweep, isn't it? Sweep's, Sweep's the dog. The dog. Right. Sooty's a bear, and the other one's a bear as well, I think. <laughs> I used to have the hand puppet of uh, Sweep. Sorry. Anyway, Beethoven and other stuff. And so you were saying uh, I was I let you wrap up, then interrupted. No, no. Um, I was just trying to think of other things, but no. Um, I, I, look, we've been talking about dogs for a couple of hours now, but you know, ultimately, <laughs> it's uh, it's just great, you know. But they do come with the responsibility as well, so it, it's one of those things. It's like serious fun, and you know, it, it is a good training ground actually for kids. You know, that's why people talk about fur babies and stuff. It's not like other just material things that you buy as a present and then you stick it on the shelf and kind of forget about it. 
you know, an ornament doesn't piss all over the floor and stuff. So, you know, it, it, it is a good little training ground. And, uh, yeah, just a lot of fun. Hmm. Very good friends. And, Megan, how has your experience been so far with only two weeks of owning a dog? It feels like it's been years. Um, <laughs> I love her with every fibre of my being. I, I love that dog so much. But I am I'm not looking forward to fast-forwarding time but I am looking forward to when she's out of this nippy phase. Mm. I'm like looking forward a bit more to when she's been a bit more trained and then we can have a bit more relaxed fun because at the moment you can't have too much fun with her because then she gets too excited. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the point where she knows where the like boundaries are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's great. When we She's take her great. out, it'll be better when we can go for walks and stuff. It'll be yeah. easier to wear her out. And when we're excited for when we can go traveling a bit, like around the UK. Because she's really good in the car, which is a delight. Oh, yeah, so she should be chill in the car. Yeah, which is we're really worried if we've got a dog that hated the car. It's very hard to make them not hate the car, but yeah, she, she loved it immediately. Just chill. Um, I was going to say, last thing, one thing I we didn't realize until we got we bought the dog book is that dogs, <laughs> like humans, lose all their teeth. So you get a dog normally around the eight week mark uh, when they're eight weeks old, and then around sixteen weeks they lose their baby teeth. Yeah, which I didn't know. So their teeth all fall out, and you can just the the book said wear thick socks over this period because they're like Legos mixed with uh, shark yeah. teeth uh, or plugs. <laughs> you know, you, it, it is quite painful. You experienced that. Um, so no, I, di- I didn't actually stand on any. Oh, good. But that is more luck than judgment. Um, <laughs> just. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those to look out for because I've stood on plenty of Lego, and if it's like that, you know, I uh, wouldn't look forward to it. But yeah, yeah, they they do lose them all. Yeah, which I it makes sense. Cause- How long does it take for them to like grow back after they've lost them? <laughs> well, they they don't all go and then. So, so you don't sort of notice it, yeah, <laughs> like an old man, like no teeth at all. Wake I guess it, it just sort of gradually happens. Um, but again, I, I guess it might be different with different breeds. Like I always give Tasha like hard feed, um, so you know to keep her teeth strong and stuff. So she never went through a <laughs> phase where she's got no teeth and struggling with that. So yeah, I, I guess. It just happens over a few weeks, or yeah. it, it did for Tasha. I see. That's cool. Yeah, that was just a fun other thing. Because this podcast, I wanted to be kind of... I was talking about our experience with our dog as new dog owners, uh, mm. as well as yourself, who I knew, obviously, had a dog and how that's kind of been, but also just certain little things that people may not have, have known. But mm. it, is, it is one of those things, if you have a dog, you have to, especially a puppy and things, you have to get up every to begin with two hours in the night to let them out. And then you can kind of slowly extend it. To, we're at about three hours at the moment ish, but occasionally she'll whine half an hour before that. And then, you know, there's all these little things. So I would say to people, there's a lot of pit, pitfalls. There's a lot of other there things. Are, like Mike work. So it was my turn to do the three thirty slot today. We, t- we swapped the, the three thirty one to the interchangeable one. Megan does early in the morning. She's a morning person. I normally do yeah. at night. Cause the I'm a, three thirty one is the one that neither of us want to do. Yeah. And it was my turn to do it today. And I couldn't hear her <laughs> crying cause I was in such a deep sleep. I was in the middle of a really, really vivid, intense dream. And then she was Mike... on a date with someone else. That's... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she was mad at me when I woke her up. <laughs> I, I was having a summer romance in my dream. 
Um, and then, and then, yeah, Mike woke me up, and I was so. Yeah, to go out and take the dog for a shit. <laughs> Stop she that. actually, she actually did do a shit. At she, that time. she could tell. She, she could vibe it. She's like, you're not breaking us up over this. No summer romance. Yeah, it's those those ones where Mike wakes me up, and I'm like, oh, I don't really want to get. Up. It happens the other way. Whenever one of us has to be up at the three o'clock one, it's pretty much always the other one to wake them up. It's like the dogs, the dogs barking. She definitely needs the toilet. It's like. Please no. <laughs> just sleep, little baby, sleep. Or other times you go down and she's asleep, and it's like you have to kind of try and wake her up, and she's just yeah, floppy. Yeah. And you're like, I'm sorry, I don't want to have to do this, but if I don't in 45 minutes, you're going to be waking me up. So yeah, no, it's it's good that that she sort of let you, letting you know already, hmm. and you know, again, at, at some point she'll start going to the door, you know, and just she started tapping on the stair right already. Oh, no, like, that's yes, good. Perfect. Please, yeah, yeah, no, that is really good. Yeah. yeah, so we've lucked out in a lot of ways. Um, but to people who want to get a, a dog or a puppy and things, like we chose a puppy because we had a lot of friends, Invest who had babies the time and in things. It. Yeah, we wanted to have square one. We wanted to make sure there was no dog potential trauma that could be triggered uh, around our friends' kids or anything like that. So we were like square one stuff, but it is a lot of work. If there's two of you, it's easier because you can flip the things. But otherwise, be ready for weeks. Yeah, like it's a baby not something no to go in light-hearted with. No. We prepared. We spent weeks looking up stuff, reading a, a puppy book, looking at articles, watching videos, all this stuff. And we were still somewhat underprepared. To, I'd say about 10, 20%. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, And a lot of it is just vibes. Just pay attention to the dog. You know, sometimes she may have just gone for a pee and then she'll be sniffing around a lot. And you'll be thinking... She's sniffing around quite a lot, and then she'll go to the toilet on the floor, and you're like, you have to pick up mm. on these little things. Sometimes, even if you track it in the app, you still have to pay attention to the dog's behaviour. <laughs> um, but thank you so much, Dave, for coming on the show and chatting dogs. It's been delightful. Please tell people uh, about where they can find you on social media, and choose uh, cherry-pick some of your shows, because if you talk about all of them, we'll be here all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll be going for another two hours. So, no... Um, you can get me at the Comics in Motion family, so and uh, popping up every every now and then on different shows. You can also get me on the VHS Strikes Back or Chris and Dave's reality TV cast. Wonderful. I'll put links in the description to all of those things. But the VHS Strikes Back is is probably my favourite of all of them, even though I'm part of Comics in Motion. But VHS <laughs> Strikes Back is brilliant. The, whenever you and Chris have banter, which is every podcast you guys do, it's part of the it is a lot of part fun. of the draw. It's, it's brilliant. <laughs> and uh, yeah, with Comics in Motion, obviously you can find me on there. Obviously, have my show Star Wars Comics and Canon uh, every Saturday and things. I'm trying to do every Star Wars comic. I'm slowly getting there. Uh, but also been doing a few book reviews and then Andor's coming out as well uh, in September now but I think on Comics mm. Motion we've got She-Hulk th- I think I think it's be coming out this week yeah that's right yeah I thought it was them I was like should I I was pretty certain it was those two kind of uh, doing it after uh, Tonya co-hosted uh, Miss Marvel with Rhea um, but yeah with Andor with that coming out I think I'm double teaming it with Jack so I think we're going to kind of take turns because it's I think it's like 12 episodes or something and it's like it's a lot every week but it's it's a lot uh, but there's a three episode start on hand also it's like gonna be about two hours basically it's basically gonna be a rogue one prequel movie and then we're gonna have the series as the middle chunk <laughs> and then i guess you could tag team that as well though i mean yeah. if you both watched all three but maybe split up one of you do one and two and one of you do three or something maybe yeah we were thinking this is the podcast admin we we're thinking maybe me and jack do the first one the last one together and then do mm-hmm. the ones and then we'll- 
just kind of swap hosting and responsibilities. Yeah. Megan's going to love that. You love it when I do weekly podcasts on top of Genuine Chit Chat and <laughs> yeah. Styles Comics in Canon and our Patreon, don't That's you? It's my favourite. You do. Because <laughs> Megan has to watch them all as well, especially when they were yeah. on the day release on the Kenobi one, which was quite tight. It was like, hey, I have to watch an episode of Kenobi after dinner yeah, and record yeah. immediately. Uh, but you can find me at Genuine Chit Chat. I'll put details about myself in the outro, no doubt. But Megan, where can people find you? And don't forget, Megan, there are two places people can find you. One is social media. I, okay, you don't need to yell into the microphone. <laughs> Just get really close and intense. I, you can find me on Instagram. Not that I post that often at the moment, but it is Grits Gets Fit. And you can also find me on Mike's Patreon. That's genuine. Our Patreon. Oh, sorry. Our, our <laughs> Patreon that I get no contribution of money from. <laughs> so, Mike's Patreon. Uh, so, yeah. There you go. You even see what the Patreon was? Oh, genuine chit-chat. You're so good. You're so so such a brilliant guest. You're behind a paywall. Yeah. You want to hear us talk about dogs? Just a pound a month, everyone. Just a pound a month. Yeah. You get to hear us talk about movies and our road trips and holidays and all kinds of other fun stuff like that. For only a quid, you get access to hours what and hours. What an absolute bargain. There's over a hundred episodes of Afterthoughts on there. And there's only a couple that don't have Megan in. That's why I'm doing book reviews and stuff. Because Megan doesn't read books. I do read books. Only Harry Potter books. <laughs> Only the Harry Potter books and the Office Ladies. And the Office Ladies. (laughs) The Office Ladies book. Yes. But thank you so much for listening, friends. And Dave, once again, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's always a delight chatting with you. And you. Thank you very much, sir. And that's the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, as always, my friends. And make sure you check out the links in the description to find out other things that Dave has been a part of and to find other important stuff about guest spots and those sorts of things. But what have we got coming up? Well, next week, I am actually away for the weekend, so I may end up releasing something for my Patreon, uh, as I often do, just to save me a lot of hassle. So I will probably be doing that. Uh, And then the week after that should be part one of my conversation with Ada McCartney. Uh, She was absolutely delightful. She's been on the Ms. Marvel discussion show on Comics in Motion. She's also recently on the She-Hulk discussion show on Comics in Motion. She was on Indie Comics Spotlight and spoke to Tony about a comic she absolutely loved called Saga. And I sat down with her for nearly two hours and I had an absolutely brilliant conversation about language and comics and lots of other cool things so that's what you can expect in the future there's other things in the pipeline but i haven't got them recorded yet so i'm not going to speak about those yet in addition to that, myself and Megan have done quite a few guest spots recently. So we were both on the Femon Film podcast, found on the feed of Comics in Motion, and we spoke about the film Marie Antoinette by Sofia Coppola. And we hadn't seen that film before. We hadn't seen any Sofia Coppola films before. So it was a really fun conversation there. You don't need to have seen the film to appreciate the conversation. Obviously, it's recommended, but still, the conversation is really, really good without it. And in the same vein as that, myself and Megan also appeared on Back to the Filmography. So that's I Am Jack's Musings show. That is also on the of comics in motion and in that conversation we spoke about the film collateral with tom cruise and jamie fox because he's going through jason satham's filmography and any film that he's specifically credited in jack will tackle and collateral has one of the smallest or shortest jason statham appearances there is so we speak about that the film as a whole and just it's a really really fun podcast back to the filmography i listen to it every week so i would really recommend that but links to both of those things are in the description as well as a link to my conversation with spider dan semi-recently about absolute carnage maximum carnage and venom let there be carnage so lots of guest spots 
In addition to that, myself and Megan obviously have our own little podcast that airs on our Patreon called Afterthoughts. And if you want to hear a free episode of that, you just go over to bit.ly slash TomHanks1, and the link to it is in the description, and you get to hear mine and Megan's first Tom Hanks Watch episode. So going through the majority of the Tom Hanks discography, we started off with the film Big and making our way through it. And so you can hear our thoughts on Big, because Megan had never seen it before, by clicking on that link. And then if you want to support the show for as little as £1 a month, you'll get access to the audio exclusive feed, which means episodes like this of Genuine Chit Chat split into two parts. You get access to the first part and the second part in one full unsplit episode when part one drops. In addition to that, you also get episodes of Afterthoughts. So myself and Megan do at least one of those a week. So you get myself and Megan talking about TV shows or movies or live performances we've seen or our general life, you know, like going to the Isle of Wight, going to Malta, things like that. And also I upload some Star Wars book reviews onto there as well that I don't release anywhere else, including some Star Wars Legends stuff, including Darth Bane, Darth Plagueis and Shatterpoint. So if you want to support the show and get hours and hours of additional content included in a specific RSS feed you can put into the podcast app of your choice, please consider going over to patreon.com slash genuine chit chat. Aside from that, my friends, follow me on social media at Genuine Chit Chat. Make sure you share the show with your friends, rate and review. You can rate on Spotify, you can review on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods. If you do any of those amazing things, it really, really helps out the show. And, you know, talking to your friends about the show really helps too. Checking things out on YouTube, subscribing there, follow me on all social media places. You get access to some photos of the Star Wars comics I tackle. You get snippets of conversations I have so you can have a good idea of which ones you want to tune into because I appreciate the whole back catalogue isn't necessarily for everyone, but I'm sure if you trawl through it if this is your first time you will find many things interesting and youtube is a fairly good place to start because i put all the episodes into playlists so if you're really interested in specific genres or topics that's the best place to go i've got playlists all about like religion and spirituality other ones that are all the video conversations other ones with fellow podcasters other ones which are about weird and wonderful things lots of different elements of this podcast that you can tune into so please check that out but that's gonna be enough from me my friends make sure as i always say check out the show notes check out my other show styles comics and canon on the feed of comics and motion follow me on social media share the love of dave and megan on social media tell your friends about the show and keep on listening make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single episode that comes out and you get to tune in every single week i really appreciate all of yourselves who are currently doing that i am seeing the numbers grow so it's a lot of fun there but thank you my friends i will speak to you next week either with a patreon episode or with my conversation with ada and then we'll go from there once i've got more episodes recorded but thank you and i'll speak to you then you have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit-chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.